Thanks for tuning into episode 72 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. As usual, my name is Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 72 of Eyes Free Sports, our guest is a published author, motivational speaker, and beat baseball player who actually recently won uh, the World Series within the National Beat Baseball Association. So let's hit the field, take that pin out of the ball to start hearing the beep, and get rolling now here with episode 72. All right, so my guest here on this episode of the podcast is Jacory Wiley, and Jacory is a, a beatball player and uh, also published author and uh, public speaker. Jacory, welcome to the podcast. Oh, oh man, Greg, I appreciate you having me on the podcast, man. Thank you. Definitely, super excited to chat with you and visit with you here. I know you've got a really interesting background on multiple levels, uh, so let's go ahead and dive right on in. All right, let's get to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. All righty. So to start off here, why don't you just talk to me about where you're from originally and your your early years? All right. Well, I'm originally from Houston, Texas, born and raised. That's pretty much where my whole vision impaired um, journey started. Um, I was born in 2020. My mom told my uncle and I that we um, had to clean up before we could eat dinner and everything, you know, so we went to the room to go clean up the room. And, you know, us being kids, my uncle asked me, he was like, you just want to hide the rest of the little stuff away? So I'm like, yeah, cool, cool, cool. You know, I want to go eat and everything, you know. So we, we're putting little knickknacks and toys and things like that on top of the closet. And I look back and um, he was tossing a picture frame on top of the closet. The glass shattered. I was looking up at the glass, um, came down, cut my right eye from there. I developed a um, rare eye disease called sympathetic ophthalmia, where my immune system, uh, it doesn't recognize my left eye as a part of the body, so it tries to attack it. Pretty much once the glass cut my eye, I was blind in my right eye instantly. Of course, you know, the iris, the, the cornea, everything you need to see was that was sliced up. And, you know, then the eye and, you know, cataracts and stuff like that. But it was crazy time, man. Crazy time, you know, going through a lot of surgeries, just depressed time, sure. you know, a lot of anxiety, depression. Um, I almost committed suicide when I was 10. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, that was a crazy part. But turns out that's what brought me out on the other side, though, man. Like, just, I guess you could say metaphorically, I committed suicide, you know, not physically, but uh, metaphorically to the part that the part of the body that even just drove me to that point where, you know, I wanted to commit suicide, you know, because I was growing up five years old, young. Well, not at this time. I was 10. I felt like the world was coming to an end. You know, I didn't really just understand why all this was happening to me. So I was in that why me phase and and kids didn't help. You know, they they were some little buggers and so it was just like it was just a crazy time for me but uh did that uh thank god didn't succeed uh went to sleep the that night woke up the next morning came to the realization that you know i'm visually impaired you know <laughs> when i wake up i'll be visually impaired <laughs> when i go to sleep i'll be visually impaired there's no rewind button there's no going back in time so what are we gonna do and from that point, I started just living forward, I guess. So moving forward in my life and really just tried to, you know, be better for myself when nobody else would at the time. Wow. Wow. Hey, I definitely appreciate you being so open and transparent. And, you know, so many people go through such such dark times like that. Yeah. Was, you know, because a lot of people, you know, even even now, it's such a big big thing with the with the mental issues you know a lot of people you know they look and they might perceive someone's life at a certain type of way but on the you know under the surface it's a it's a whole different monster going on you know it it, it don't cost anything for you to ask someone how they're doing today the you know to to just check on you know just it could be a random person that just need to 
hear that how you doing uh have a good day you know it don't it don't cost anything for a random act of kindness because you know that could really save somebody's life you know absolutely no question about that so true so as far as your education uh so you obviously became visually impaired you know school age child whatnot did you stay in the same school did you go to a school for the blind just talk to me about that i'm public school through and through uh i went to i didn't find out about the uh texas school for the blind that's in austin until like probably like my sophomore junior year high school and by that time i I only started going for like little short programs. They was doing like little weekend programs and they might do like a technology week. Uh, they was doing um, a week that we had to like learn how to cook for yourself and stuff like that. But, you know, me being not like my, my parents was, hey, I was going to know how to do everything, you know. So I, I already know how to do all these things. I was just you know, riding out to get a little free slide out from school. You know what I'm saying? This felt like a little vacation to me because I was, I was doing my thing up there. So I was like, shoot, I might so go off here when they, when I found out about it, I just went there for like some little short programs and whatnot. But I was uh, through and through, through school, man. So it was, it was still, you know, a lot of the same, uh, a lot of people, uh, would talk about you and stuff like that. Uh, I was ang- I was still angry, you know what I'm saying? I-, I still accepted who I was, but, you know, I was angry at the time. I was I was very angry. You know, I used to pop off. Uh, it really didn't matter. You know, I, man, if I felt like you were smiling at me for the wrong reason, like you was trying to make fun of me, true. It didn't, it didn't take a little bit of nothing for me to pop off, you know, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just something that I had to deal with. And, you know, at time, at the time, you know, it was something that I felt like was necessary because I felt like if somebody would, uh, if I would allow them to just run over me or uh, pick on me because I was a vision impaired kid at school, then everybody was going to want to do it. So it got to the point where, you know, you, you put down a few people and they know that you all right, well, they know that Jacor is you. He gonna he gonna handle up on his, but <laughs> but uh <laughs> it's cool, man, you know. But I I eventually got into a better space where it was just like I didn't have to do that. You know, I was secure with who I was. Like I said, I was visually impaired. I actually evolved into a bigger person. Like that's when I first had my first uh speaking event when I was uh, 17 in my youth group. That was my first first time speaking in front of anybody. Mm-hmm. So that was actually kind of what really just got me into the whole speaking thing as well. So oh, I see. Was that with a church or where was that? Oh yeah, that was at my every Friday Elevate Youth Service. We used to uh, gather. Man, when I when I got of it, got of age, man, I was I was everybody was my family. I was. I was I was everywhere, everywhere but my house. I was in <laughs> I was gone, man. So it was just like shoot. I was uh I go somewhere, you know, it was oh mijo, come you you wanna come eat? Yeah, oh, I'm hungry, I'm coming, yeah. I'm on the way. <laughs> you know, so I was everybody else, son and and stuff like that. And you know, so uh shoot, one day I just felt uh I just felt something, I was like, man. I need to, I need to speak. I need to, you know, I need to, like, I just said, I need to speak, man. I didn't know like what I was going to talk about. And I told my youth pastor, like, yo, Hector, I need to speak, man. So he was like, all right, man, you can speak. Next Friday, boom. So I was like, all right. So next Friday, come, uh, I go up on stage, man, I'm like, I don't know how they're going to perceive it. I don't know what they're going to say. Like, you know, these people that was like the same age as me and stuff like that. And boom, I just laid it on them, like told my whole story, man. And got off stage, man. Like people hugged me. They was like, man, you, like you helped me with like a whole bunch of stuff that I was dealing with. And I was like, dang, I appreciate that. And I was like, I love that feeling. And I was like, man, I love it. I love speaking, you know, so that was kind of when I traveled down that road right there. 
Wow, very interesting and, and definitely powerful, it sounds like. So as far as college, talk to me about your college journey. College was fun. College, you know, <laughs> it's school courses, but then you got the you got the way you could chill, you know, you got the social aspect of it. So yeah, uh I went to school for uh, I was double major sociology and communication. And then uh, I was doing school and that's when I also uh end up joining my fraternity. So I started with that. That's when school came a whole lot fun away. Because <laughs> we was we was chilling, you know, you got your bros, you got your you, you know, you chilling with everybody, you know, you posted on the yard. That's that's when that's when school was hot. That's when school was hard, you know. But at the same time they also give you opportunities to do things, you know, and and they was having a um a summit a conference. Um and they actually wanted our fraternity to do like a, a whole speaking speaking conference or whatever. Um and we called it uh jumping the hurdles to success. And it was just talking about different things in college that you had to like jump the hurdles to, you know, like uh partying, partying the night before a big test and you gotta wake up. Boom, you smash, you got to go take that test. That's a hurdle that you just had to jump over, you know. So we just talked about different stuff like that, you know. But at the same time, you know, we want, they was like, we want to put some serious in it. And I was like, Corey, we want you to, we want you to speak. That was like, we just want to know like a little bit what you're going to talk about, you know what I'm saying? So boom, I laid it on. I was like, dang, bro, you're going to kill tomorrow. You're going to kill. A lot of them never really just heard my story like that. They just, you know, they took me on and we was, that was my bros. They never really just treated me no different. We we go to a party, boom, they make sure I'm locked in that thing. We go, I'm gonna be in line, boom, I'm you know, we good. They always gonna look after me. It was cool. But uh they actually wanted me to speak, boom. Came up, did that speaking event, and you know, it was once again people coming up and there was one of was like my son. Uh, he actually vision impaired, kind of just like you, and he going through the same thing. And, you know, you really just uh, gave me a lot of stuff to take home to him. And that was, from that day, I was, I was, I was, I was gone. I was sold off the whole speaking thing. I was like, man, God, it's too many times I didn't get put in position. I'm like, yeah, this is, this is it. This is it. This is it. So I was like, boom. <laughs> so I was like, that's, that's it for me. You know, so college, college was great because it really just, set me on that path of this is where I need to go, this is where I need to be. And this is how I got to be where I am now with the with my speaking, you know. So yeah, that's 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 pretty much the whole whole path of how I got to speaking right there. Like and those little short stories right there. But yeah. High school was cool. Kids got on my nerves. College was dope. Learned a lot and really just set me on the path to where I am now. So nice, nice. And then what? Uh, what college did you attend? Uh, Sam Houston State University. Oh yeah, very cool. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Bearcats. It was fun. It was cool though. We had school was cool. School was cool, and not to mention, I made my babe. So that was <laughs> my baby. So shoot, we've been together ever since. So, yeah. Oh, wow. College sweethearts. Uh, yeah, man. So, everything was cool. We was rolling. Everything was copacetic. So, everything was good in college. So, it was fun. It was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. So, let's, uh, before we get into your career and, and your published work and speaking, uh, as far as adaptive sports, so talk to me about maybe the first time you got to actually play a sport for the blind. All right. Well, beatball is that's my first sport and only sport that I play, uh, and I love it. <laughs> man, I love this game, man. Um, I've been playing since 2011. 2011 was the first year that I got started playing with Bayou City. I had went to a to a conference and and they was like, uh, "Hey, I, I think they had." Uh, yeah, I was talking to Michael Garrett. I was talking to Michael Garrett and, you know, I was just talking to him about running and stuff. He was like, you fast? I was like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm fast, man. I'm fast. <laughs> so he like, 
oh man. So he told me about the, the whole little baseball thing. And I was like, all right. But I really just didn't pay it no mind or whatnot. But we uh later that that weekend we had a um this little banquet thing or whatever. And uh we was out on the dance floor and uh I was like, Man, you be moving, you really moving. I was like, all right, yeah, cause I, I don't know, like back then I wasn't really just in I wasn't in the blind community like that. You know, I was I was only going to, I was just getting newly introduced to these things, you know, like I didn't sure. know, I didn't know anything, but the blind community like that, you know? So, uh, Blake was like, man, come in, come and play, come, come, you should come to a practice or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go to a practice, whatever. But like I said, I didn't, I wasn't really trying to go to it because, uh, I thought it was going to be a whole bunch of, Hey, come over here. Here, 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 right, right here, right here, right here. I, and I thought it was going to be like a whole bunch of blind mentality, and I didn't know at the time or whatnot. But I caught up with Blake at another camp. He was like, did you go to one of the practices? I was like, nah, I ain't really faded it. I ain't went. He was like, man, you need to go check it out. So I was like, all right, man. When I get somebody my word, like I'm, a, I'm, I'm really about my word. So I told him I was going to go check it out. And I ended up going to go check it out. And... And I was hooked. I was like, oh, yeah, this this lit. <laughs> this yep, this fun. This, right yeah. I was like, man, this 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 game hype. This game hype. I like this. So I was like, yeah. So from that point, uh, 2011, I was, I've been in the game. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, so then you mentioned it was the Bayou City Heat that you started with. So did you play with them for, for several years? Oh yeah, uh, I had I played I played with Bayou City all the way until 2000, uh, 2000, what's say 2018, 2019 was like my last season with them. Uh, we went to the championship in 2018. It was lit. We almost won. You know, some things happened. My boy got chopped, and it was it was just some other stuff happened, but. It was a great, it was a great experience when we played with them. So it was fun. That was, that was one of my, one of my best times with them. You know, really just, uh, it was, it was fun with that. But uh, then I left and I went to the Indy Edge. We just won the championship with them. We, uh, my brother Kyle, uh, my mama Leah, uh, my papa Steve, that was, you know, that was my family, you know, and the whole team. That was us. We was we was lit. We was <laughs> we had we had fun, man. Like you know, and you know that's more like with that with them. That's that's more than ball, you know. Like that was like when I say my mama and my papa and my brother. That's like that's my family. So that's ball is like separate from from that. So, but oh, yeah. I. I yeah, I actually like fun. I mean, forged like a huge bond with like the whole indie while we was down there, man. I love, I love going to hang out with them people down there, man. Corey, Corey, uh, my boy Eric, like, oh man, freaking Big B, that boy, that's my dude. <laughs> Brain, I love you, bro. That's my boy. But uh, man, I love, I love, I love, man, my whole beatball community, my whole family, bro, like. I love, I love just balling out with everybody every year, man. If, you know, you know what it is, you know, the experience to, you know, just link up with everybody and get to play, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not a, nothing better than when that pin get pulled out that ball and it's time to go. That's, that's that, it. Yeah. Once that beep starts, <laughs> you know it's on. Man. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so, you know, so it's just like, yeah, so so that's nice. pretty much yeah and then uh just talk to me a little more about obviously you mentioned the indie edge won the the world series this year in 2022 definitely big props congrats on that and just if you want to maybe take us through the whole series you know what was it like leading up to that championship game and just getting to experience you know the the pinnacle of the sport man bro it was Pretty much everybody keep your head down and we're going to get it. We're going to work. Like, 
that was our whole that was our whole mindset coming in. Like we knew we knew who we were and we never underestimated nobody. We we came to somebody was gonna have to take it from us and that was the whole mindset of it. Like throughout the whole week, somebody gonna have to take it from us. And nobody could take it from us. So that's pretty much how it was leading up to the week. We was we was we was one we was one unit. It was reason why like when we sound off, it was one. Cause there's no one, two, three, four, five, six. We all play as one unit. You should be talking from the front to the middle to the back. You know what I'm saying? That's that was my whole mindset. So Sure. Yeah. So we was our mind was on that ring and we was coming to get it. Oh yeah. And that's I was gonna ask you about that as far as, you know, is there a trophy? Are there rings? What does the, the champion actually receive? Oh yeah, we we gonna we gonna get our rings. Shout out to mama. Mama, oh, mama gonna uh mama done design <laughs> some real nice for us, you know. So uh nice. yeah, we most definitely gonna uh get it together. Uh so like I said, man, that woman is second to none and wow. But uh yeah, man, we most definitely gonna be looking good with that with that new ring, you know what I'm saying? So hell. Oh, we did get a trophy too. I uh I think we passed we passed that around, but man, I was too lit that night. So, <laughs> but I don't, I don't even know, man. Look, I don't even remember. Shoot, I do yeah, remember, yeah. but I don't remember touching the trophy. I just remember like, boy, we was lit. <laughs> Yo, so, it's probably like the was... Stanley Cup. Everyone gets yeah, to, yeah, to touch yeah. it, and you got to pass it around, right? <laughs> yeah, we was lit, man. So I don't even remember, boy. So it was it was fun. That was that was a wonderful night, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. Like, you know, just when that when that final out get recorded and you just you like, yeah, you know, you know it's over and it's done and it's that's it. And you could you could relax now. Now you could let it all in. You could let the moment in. Cause you don't wanna get you don't wanna get ahead of the moment, you know what I'm saying, before everything is over and done with. You know, sure. so once that final out has been recorded and everything is everything, now you can let it all in. And you know, that's what you play for. You know, that's that those are the moments that you play for, you know, what to be able to get to Saturday and to win, you know, and that's the that's the pinnacle, that's the top, that's what everybody fight for, that's what the dogs come together. Like if you if you're not hungry for a championship. Why are you playing? Like, if, you know what I'm saying, if you're not putting your all into it, why are you playing? Like, right. I'd rather not play with anybody who don't want to put their all into it. I always want any teammate that's about putting their all into it. I want somebody with the same competitive drive as I do. Because I, when, when, I, when I want it, I'm a dog with it. So I want somebody else with that same mentality. Somebody got to be willing to want to take it too, you know. So play the game with all your heart, man. Definitely great words. And then just a little more about your beatball career. So just talk to me about positions that you've played on the field and just kind of your approach when it comes to defense and then versus actually, you know, swinging that bat at, at the dish. I so I always wasn't the best when I first started at with with the offense part. Uh, Cause I was I was still two sided. I was two sided when I was playing the game. In the beginning of my career, I was still I was focused. Like Fonzie is like, all right, baby, he gonna pitch the ball to me. Like, all right, bust it. It would go set ready ball. Ooh. So he pitch it, and I'd be I'd be listening for the sound. And you know, uh, Papa Boudreau had always said, you know, when, as a rookie, he he told me he was like. Well, he told me and my boy Jason and Andrew that we was like the three rookies on the team. He was like, don't y'all expect to get no playing time. You know, the rookies ain't you ain't. You just come and observe and try to get some knowledge and stuff. So he's like, all right, cool. You know, we ain't really just come with the mindset of playing. You know what I'm saying? And I got into the uh, 
into the game versus the Southwest Slammers. And and uh, Fonzie pitched the ball to me, and I struck out because <laughs> at the time I had a high swing. So I was <laughs> he pitched the ball to me, and I swing at the ball. Then he pitch it a little higher, and I get a little higher, and I kept getting higher and higher. He was like, "Man." Bro, you like a, you like an elevator, bro. It's like you, you keep going up, bro. You keep going up. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get a little higher for you, but I was listening to the ball and stuff. And you know, after working on that and working on my defense, I credit John Parker. I always say this to this day: if it wasn't for John Parker, I wouldn't be playing like I do. I wouldn't like John Parker. Like really helped me with. A lot of my like he helped me to be able to go both ways, cause I knew I would once I got the offensive part down. I knew I was, <laughs> I was I was good, but yep. yeah. And at the time, like when when we had Houston, I was like, man, we gotta get younger. We need people to be able to cut them balls off and stuff. So I was like, all right, I gotta start playing defense too. So I was like, man, JP, like. Help me with the defense, you know what I'm saying? Show me, show me what's up on the defense. And and he he started teaching me and stuff like that. And in 2016, man, he he had faith in me. He came, he came up and he was like, I need you to play short right for me. Can you do that? And I was like, Man, if you believe in me, bro, I won't let you down. And he was like, All right, I'm I'm gonna make it happen. Boom. So I'm getting ready. <laughs> And JC was like, he came up. That was, that was our coach at the time. He was like, John Parker wants you to play up front and short right. Don't f it up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, so I'm like, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we this is this is we playing against, we playing against San Antonio. This was the Jets. This was this was Kevin. This was his first year, like with the Jets, and he had brought him. He had brought him to this. Is, so this is his new foreign team. So, sure. man, this was this was a hype game. We was we this was we was we know you know what Kevin about. Uh, if you ever seen Kevin pitch, Kevin Kevin was that dude. You know, so we knew what he was coming with. So it was me and Blake uh, playing. Uh, Blake was playing short left, and I was playing short right. And I remember uh, this This might have been like, what, like the second, maybe the third inning. This was like the second second or third inning. And uh, he ended up hitting uh, – DB was up at the plate. And DB, DB hit a ball to the right side. It was about a four or five. And JC said four. And I just remember shuffling over like few steps, boom, laid out, boom, like, like it was, it was so awesome. It was like boom. It was, it was like flawless. It was like one of the best plays I ever made. I'm telling you, Greg, it was, it was lit. It was awesome. And <laughs> and I got up and I just remember JC standing behind me and he was like, they gonna patch you. Don't get rattled. So they just came over and they was like, yeah, you're going to Kevin. Kevin wants you to take boom. So I was like, all right, cool. And uh, they patched me. And the whole time, bro, like I'm just, I'm just amped up because my, my team on the, on like self, self man, man, he was, he was going crazy. He was going on. <laughs> and my boy Joe, like the whole bench, we was just, they was just lit. So it was like, like Bam Bam just going off every time somebody makes a good play. Kevin wants them tape every time. Like it's like it was like crazy. It was lit. So I went back, got in my position. Boom, we resumed play. And I'm like, man, I hope he, I hope he, I hope he come at me, man. I hope he send this ball back. And he went to the left side the next time. Blake ended up getting that second out. And he came back. He came back at me, Greg. Boom. Mm -hmm. He put one down the one baseline. I had to cut. I probably ran back to it by 110, slid in, boom, bow, out. That boy, whole team lit, whole team lit. Man, that was, <laughs> that was it. Like, that's, you asked me what was, what would be my, my littest moment in my career. 
that was the best moment that I ever could have. Like, you don't, you don't get scenarios like that. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, you've been patched because you made a good play and then they come back at you and you make an even better play. Cause the play was <laughs> the play. The first play that I got patched on, that was to the middle of the field. Boom. You only had to move over a little bit. Boom. He out. But the one that I put, I put that boy out on that one line you have you have to angle back, cut that sucker off, and just really lay out. Oh man, it was awesome! And they my team going crazy, and you know Kevin came over. He was like, "Man, Corey, if you could play defense like that, why haven't you been playing defense?" And I looked at him, and I still had the patches in the in the mindfold on, and I was like, "Man, the skills are real." And I just walked out. <laughs> Bro, I love I love B-Ball, man, for those moments. And you know, and but man, shout out to Kevin, man. Like he's awesome. That was I, I love playing against that dude for years, man. And he awesome dude, man. We done had a lot of great uh I done played against a lot of great people, man. Like um since 2011, just I've seen a lot of beatball, man. I love, I love this game, man, and it's a passion of mine. And you know, that's like this game is awesome, man. And and if you, even if you like fifty something, and this is your first experience, just just get out, hit a ball, feel the ball. It don't matter, man. Just everybody should be able to experience beatball if they have opportunity to, if they in the. You got to play and field, even if you fully, fully sighted. Just put that mindful um, sometimes and get out there and try to field the ball, man. It's a totally different aspect of the game. It's awesome. Oh, yeah, for sure. And can definitely sense the, the passion in your voice. I appreciate those stories. Oh, yeah, man. I'm a storyteller. <laughs> I talk a lot, too. My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. Let's uh, move on to uh, some of your, your published work. So like I mentioned, when we first started, uh, you're, you're a published author. I know you've published a few uh, children's books based on uh, beatball and just kind of sports, you know, for, for kids with disabilities in general. So if you just want to talk to me about what kind of inspired you to, to write those and, and start that. Well, well, basically uh, at the time, and I was looking for a different, uh, I was still in, I was still in college at the time. So I was like, I was like 21, 22. And I was looking, I was looking for a different avenue to be able to spread my message. I was like, man, eventually people going to get tired of hearing my voice. Like, how's, what's another way for me to be able to, you know what I'm saying? Spread my message in a different way. What's a different route? What's a different avenue that I can take for this? So I was like, man, I could write a book. And I was like, I don't know what type of book to write. But at the time, uh, I just sat down and hopped on the computer and I just started writing. And it and it actually came out to be Vision, Vision of Dream, which is my first book. Um and it's about a young boy named Landon who wants to play baseball, who visually impaired. But, you know, none of the other coaches wanted to give him opportunity because he was visually impaired and they didn't think that he could do it, you know. But, um, you know, after he had given up, you know, he wanted to go home and, you know, uh, just give up on everything. But, you know, as he was going home, he ended up hearing that, that beautiful sound, uh, that beep, you know, and – it's pretty pretty much about you know finding finding you and what way is you and for him it was beat baseball so that was my first one that was my baby they went through a lot of different phases from my first paperback I remember when I first got that in my hand that was a surreal moment I was like man actually published my first book, man, this is, it's real, dang, it's crazy. But I was like, man, I want more. I want more for it. I had, so I was like, man, I want it to be in hardcover. I want it to be all glossy and nice. And I had that, I had that image of, I want mine to be like a nice Dr. Seuss book. You know, I want that hardcover, that nice glossy stuff. So I was like, I'm gonna do that. And 
you know, after saving up, after getting after it, you know, because we we more than uh, we more than what our sometimes our imagination limits us sometimes, and and that's what I try to tell my audience. You know, don't your imagination can take you a long way. You know, if you let it in, you know, a lot of people try to suppress their imagination, dream big, and at the end of the day, don't dream. Find a different way to turn it into a reality if that's what you desire at the end of the day. Definitely. Yep. And then, so I know you did publish a second book as well, right? Yeah, that's my second baby, Balling Beyond the Wheels. Uh, a little different, different avenue. This one deals with uh, wheelchair basketball, but uh, kind of the same concept, but a different concept, you know. Uh, Joseph starts out as a young boy who loves basketball. You know, he loves to play. And, you know, he wants to try out for um, try out for his team. And, his, you know, his parents always believe. Your parents, your parents' job as parents is to always believe in you. And that's why I try always instill in the, in the parents and, and, and the characters in my books. You know, they're always going to believe and, you know, their child and things like that. So um, in this story, his parents, his dad always believe in him. If you want to play basketball, you can do that. If you want me to help you work on your jump shot, we can do that. You know, sometimes in life, things happen. And uh, Joseph experienced a, a horrible incident that, you know, made him really question whether or not he really did love basketball as much as he did, you know. Um, so... It's all about, you know, when adversity comes to you, you know, it could crumble you or you could get up and stand up, you know, and get through it. It's, it's easier said than done, but uh, there's things that's put in place for you to be able to, you know, succeed and, you know, but it's all about being advocative at the same time, you know. Nice. Very interesting. I'm curious uh, if any other visually impaired writers, you know, might be listening out there that are interested in in publishing something. Uh, any advice when it comes to just the publishing world, uh, accessibility of everything, uh, just based on your experience? My advice would be do the research. Uh, don't run off to the first thing uh, that get put in front of your face. You know, um, don't get taken fast because this is a fast business, you know. A lot of people say, hey, yeah, yeah, you, I feel like it. you could send your stuff over, boom, and now they took your manuscript and whatever, whoop, whoop, you know. So uh, be weary of of um, opportunities. Uh, do your research. Uh, make sure you dig deep. Uh, I always research everything. I'm not quick to, because everybody tell you that they got to, they got the the magic formula. Just pay pay us five thousand dollars and we'll we'll get you the number one. You know, um, there's different routes from the self publishing to the traditional publishing. Um, there's different um, benefits to each one. Um, self publishing is a little bit more the grimy work, the hard work, the hitting the streets, getting out there and getting it yourself, uh, making sure you're in your in your reader space, making sure that you, you know, people don't forget about you, making sure you continue to put out content and everything like that, you know, and then with the self-publishing, they have more of a experienced uh, network, you know, cause they've been around for a little bit longer, but, you know, you lose more of the, you know, more of the control of your, your business. They get, uh, they could take more from you. You don't, uh, you don't really have that creative, that creative say to everything. So it's most definitely different uh, pros and cons to the business. And it's pretty much just about um, finding what works for you. Me, myself, self-publishing was the best way for me to go. My books are um, available on all platforms from uh, paperback, hardcover, audible. I'm on, um, iTunes, uh, about to get it in Braille here pretty soon. I'm working on that right now. 
Um, oh, nice. So you, it's it's all about like you you gonna do it. You gonna do it. We gonna do it. Uh, my friend Kiki, girl, if you listen to this podcast, you better ooh, you better be you better be writing <laughs> you better be writing that content, man. Like I talk to her all the time, Kalari. I love you, man. You better you better be writing that book, man. I ain't playing. And if somebody listen to this and y'all tell her what I said. But uh, yeah, I did have Kalari Jackson on this podcast at one yeah, point. Great yeah. lady. Mm-hmm. That's my girl, man. She one of the one of the one of the greatest females that ever played the game. And I've been I knew her since 2011, man. And she's still still been the same. Her and Chris, man. That that was my people, man. I love both of them, man. They that was some of the first people that I met coming into the league, man, uh, going to the series, man. And it was awesome. Like I said, man, you meet a lot of great people over time. But like I said, Clark, you better be writing that stuff. Like I said, stop playing. But whenever you're ready, girl, I, I'm going to help you put that book together. So get after it. But that was my tips for that. And that's anybody who want to know anything else. Sure. Appreciate that insight. For sure. Um, so in terms of, uh, you know, public speaking, motivational speaking, I know you've done a fair amount, uh, any kind of highlights or maybe any goals that you have in terms of that, uh, that area. Do more. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my, that's my only, uh, that's my highlight. That's my, that's my passion. I love, I love speaking, man. It's nothing like getting on that stage. And when I get that first, how you doing out? Mm. It's on, it's on, man. <laughs> you know, when when I'm on a stage, I'm not just, I'm not Jacory, I'm Mr. Dynamo. Like I'm a ball, boom, I'm ball of energy. I, we we gonna all just, you know, it's gonna be contagious. I'm gonna explode, and we all just gonna, we gonna feel good when when I get out that stage, man. It ain't, it ain't nothing better than when I have my Q and A session and and people raising their hand, or kids raising their hands, and they want to tell tell about their story or they want to talk about them and stuff like that, man. There's no better feeling than that, you know, because that's to tell you that people actually got something out of what you were saying when you're on that stage, man. There's nothing more than there's no feeling better than that, you know, whether it's one, it's 30, it's 100, however many people I, I'm speaking in front of, I love it. I I treat all audiences the same and when I get up on that stage, it's go time, man. So it's more speeches, uh, more books, more content, uh, just more. <laughs> we got to have more. We got to do more. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's either that or, you know, I could just sit at home and be just that another blind person that, you know, the world just feel like, you know, because at the end of the day, man, we viewed in a certain light. We viewed as just being vision impaired, being helpless, being, you know, have having to have people walk with us or take care of us. You know, you know, no, people, there's no worse feeling than I know every vision impaired person should feel this way. You know, you don't want to walk in somewhere and people be like, you by yourself? Where are your caretaker? Why, why are you walking by yourself? Or why are you why are you here? Why are you here? <laughs> I'm just like I'm just like you, dude. Like don't don't be like sure. well, I thought somebody was supposed to be hey man, I, I got this. I appreciate you, appreciate your thought. I appreciate you looking after me, but look, I'm good. I appreciate it, you know. So we 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 deserve more, you know, people say, man, at least I give you like uh, a a disability check. Who wants the lease? Why do we have to have the lease? Why do we have to settle for the lease when we can have more? We just have to get out there and get it for ourselves. It may be hard. Trust me, it's hard. Cause I've I've been doing this since I've, you know, since I was on disability, just saving up my disability check and stuff like that. And now I've got like two books and working on getting my third one here done. Um mm-hmm. and and more to come. So it's it's just like, man. If you want it, you can get it. If you got a vision, you can turn it into a reality. But what what is it worth to you? How much, I mean, like, how much are you willing to put into it? How much are you willing to, how hard are you willing to go? How many sleepless nights are you willing to lose? You know, so 
that's what it's all about. Those are the questions that you have to ask yourself when you when you wanna when you wanna do better for yourself. Cause it's a lot of sleepless nights, a lot of restless nights, it's a lot of uh anxiety, it's a lot of downs, it's a lot of highs, it's a lot of, you know, middles, you know, it just you you just really want to stay in the middle. You want to stay in the middle. You don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. You just want to cruise out, you know, and I always have that level, level I look on everything and try to do better. That's what, that's what I advocate for visually impaired people. I want us to do better, man. We gotta, we most definitely gotta do better and be in a better position, be in a better place. So true. Great words. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot, man. <laughs> I'm for real, man. I'm so serious about uh, that. Yeah. Blind um, people got to, we got to do better, man. We got to be in a better position at a better, better right. spot. And yeah, I really like what you said about just kind of being in the middle, not too high, not too low. And that, you know, obviously that's a big part of sports, yeah. but just life in general too. Mm-hmm. It, got, it translates over, man. A lot of stuff that you apply in sports, it, it translates over, you know. Uh, as I like to say when I'm on the stage, I, I love sports. So I use a lot of sports analogies, you know. Too many times we focus on trying to hit the home run, you know. Nobody wants to get on base no more. Nobody want to nobody wanted to get on so you could get drove in, you know. And what I mean by that is, like, if you get on base and you stack up, you stack up small accomplishments, eventually that equals up to that big accomplishment that you was trying to do, aka that grand slam, boom. If you if you stack one person on, he get a he get a hit, boom. Now you now you advance somebody to second and first, boom, he get a hit. Now you on now the base is loaded. Boom. Now you come up and you knock it out the park. That's a grand slam. You stack, you stack me, I get my illustrations done. Boom. All right. All right. Well, I want it to be done more, but at least I got the illustration done. Boom, that's somebody on first base. Boom, all right, I need to get the book edited. All right, boom. All right, I want, I want to do more. But look at look at the small stuff. Boom, all right, I got to do this step. Final step, getting it uploaded, do all this stuff. All right, boom. Now Grand Slam, boom, get it printed up. You just got, you got that book back. Like, it, uh, it ain't even got to be like that, that analogy, but just... Do do small things and that equal up to the big things. You know what I'm saying? Like don't like don't get down on yourself. You feel like you're not right where you want to be right now. Look back where you were when you first started, and look where you are right now. If you're not in the same place that you were when you first got started, that's something to be that's something to be applauded to. You know what I'm saying? As long as you're not stagnant, as long as you're not in the same position that you were when you first got started. If you're in the same position where you first got started, we got to reevaluate some stuff and we got to see how we going to get back, how we going to get, we going to get out of this because you've been in some cement for for a long time. And if you're in that same position that you are right now, then when you first got started, then we're going to have to reevaluate some stuff. But if you're in a better position, far better position, you know, I'm guilty of this as well. I had to re I had to reevaluate some stuff the other day. I was like, man, I'm not, I'm not at the same place that I was when, I first got started, you know, I went from the paperback to the hardcover to uh, to the audible. Like I said, it's in Braille. You could get it on uh, Ingram. I mean, like you can get it on Ingram like it's with Baker and Taylor, like schools, schools could order these books and books, you know, uh, you can get a Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, uh, any place where a book is sold. If it's not sold there, go to the counter and tell them that you want the book to be ordered and they'll get it on the shelf, you know? So it's just like, you know, it's international, like it's, it's overseas. So it's just like, it's the small things. And sometimes it takes a while to get there, but if you trust the process and stay the course, you good. Even when it's looking like it's not shaping up to be in your favor, trust the process and stay the course and you'll be good. If you find that you get blocked off, find a detour that's not just in driving a car sometimes it happens in life you got to find a different route to get to where you want to be because it's all going to lead you to the same place in the end exactly absolutely very well stated 
And so to wrap up here, I wanted to give you the chance to mention uh, as far as your website, social media, if people want to get in touch, and uh, as far as your books too. Oh yeah, man. You um you can find me, Corey Wiley on Facebook. That's why I'll be putting up all my, my Facebook posts. I do uh quotes of the day, uh stuff like that. Of course, and my blog, get on my blog, that's on my website, uh com. If you need books, you could order them off my website, or if you want them autographed, I could send them to you. You could send me a uh email at jacoredwiley at gmail.com or uh you could send me a Facebook message, Twitter, Jacore Wiley at Mr. Dynamo. You can send me a message through there because I had to send the books out myself if they're gonna be autographed and stuff like that. So Pretty much here, JaquariWiley.com, JaquariWiley on Facebook, JaquariWiley on Instagram, aka at Mr. Dynamo. So those are pretty much uh, my books uh, are Audible, um, iTunes. Um, I'm getting ready to get them in Braille here really soon. So I'm working with the uh, American Print House uh, right now. So we're trying to get that situated. So y'all... Stick with me on that. Um, you can follow me on my Facebook and and y'all could uh, follow me with that journey. But that's something I've been really adamant about trying to get it in Braille. I know I was able to get it in Audible, but you know I wanted people to be able to physically touch it and, and read it and, you know, with their kids and things like that. So it's a huge, uh, it's a huge way off my shoulders I was able to, to uh, be able to get that so that's a huge excitement right now in my in my life right now so i was excited about that so yeah very cool and i'll definitely include links to all that uh, in the show notes for everyone as well i appreciate it greg thank you man this has been awesome i know i've been talking majority of the time man shoot i talk a lot hey <laughs> you better tell me to be quiet man because no like, it's, it's all good stuff so i just <laughs> you know really like your message and everything you've done and congrats you know on the championship as far as beatball this year and, and continued success with your career as well thank you man i appreciate it greg i appreciate you having me on your platform uh Keep hosting it, man. It's it's awesome, man. It's most definitely an awesome platform, man. Appreciate you having the space for everybody to be able to um to get on, man. And you're awesome, bro. And I appreciate you. Hey, that means a lot, Corey. I appreciate you as well. No doubt, man. Thank you, thank you, man. Keep balling, bro. Keep balling out, man. <laughs> like, don't lose that passion for the game, bro. Will do. Yep. Alrighty. Thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Great. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you once again. All right, everybody. Peace out. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.